epiphany And make a part in about time too About not playing D&D And it was free for all And I heard him say He bought my Borderlands But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable A-A-M's Thanks, TJ. Hello, welcome, and remain indoors. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Time. Hey, Spencer, Jason here. I'm only halfway through your episode. I stopped before Che's call, so. I might have to call, but I will call you, I'll give you another message here in a minute with the answer to that movie, but I'll, I'll leave you this message, you can play on the air, so if other people want to play the game, we'll see if anybody else knows what the movie is, but I'll leave you a separate message letting you know what it is. Yes, No Piercer is a ridiculous movie, the concept is ridiculous, but it does, and like I say, it's super simplified, but it, but it goes into that that stratified class structure, which, you know, why I kind of pointed it out. So, anyway, in, enjoy your thoughts as always. Look forward to your upcoming episode. And, um, yeah, hang in there. So, I'll, I'll leave you another personal message here in a second. Thank you, Jason. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And, um, yeah, well, a quiz for you. Can anybody name that movie? The Doors, The Doors. Personally, all I could think of was The Doors, <laughs> the Oliver Stone flick from the 90s, <laughs> which is, uh, if I did go in for the whole uh, guilty pleasures idea, I'd say that movie would have to be one of them. <laughs> so let's see what else you've got for me. So regarding Brazil, y- you know... I think maybe people take that movie the wrong way. You know, you're identifying with a criminal in that movie. The system's obviously working. Look at the issue with the heating air conditioning in the flat. So, you know, the true emergency technician showed up pretty quick. You know, right after the terrorist showed up. Played by, you know, Robert De Niro. And, and so you have protagonists that cheats the system. He falsifies paperwork. He doesn't report terrorists when he comes in contact with them. He subverts things. You know, he's an underachiever. He doesn't want to achieve. You know, he's not playing his part in society. He's not pulling his weight in society. So I think, you know, not recognizing, you know, the, the, the main protagonist is the bad guy there is a problem. Satire, huh? Yeah, I didn't say I identified with the protagonist in that movie. <laughs> Although I quite clearly do. I mean, or did when I was uh, when I first discovered it. But he's far from an admirable character. You know, he's quite a uh, he's he's quite spineless. <laughs> and um you know, the only way he uh, he gets what he's looking for is by losing his mind. So, I mean, he's not exactly what you call a hero. 
And I think, that, yeah, that's why I identified with him. Uh, next up, brace yourself for a little bit of effing and jeffing from our old friend, Joe Richter. What? You lean left, Spencer? Dude, I never would have got that, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I might lean a little bit that way myself. I mean, hell, the Wheeler Woe campaign is inspired by uh, the Roman Carthage War. And <clears throat> in this game, Rome is most certainly and assuredly the bad guys, dude. Fuck. <laughs> Rome can suck it, man. Anyway, just imagine how different the world would be if Carthage had won that shit. Anyway, I don't want to get off on a huge tangent on your show, man. I'm just glad you're still powering through, dude. That's all we can do, man. Just keep at it, and we'll we'll get there, dude. We'll see the light at the end of this thing one way or the other. Anyway, peace out. Thank you very much for that message, Joe. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh... I know it's no surprise I'm a big old lefty, but uh, probably start another channel if I wanted to get into that. But uh, thanks, Joe, from Willow Woe and Hindsightless. Great to see you're still, uh, you know, muscling through, popping out episodes whenever you can. And it's been really nice hearing you having such a great time with the old low fantasy gaming there. So glad that's ticking your boxes. Thanks for your call, and take care, man. Hey, Spencer, it's Liren. You're so funny, you know, you bring up video conferencing with kids, and my parents are in Florida, and I sometimes will Skype with them with my granddaughter, and I have always used the trick of feeding her a snack or meal or keeping, like, food in front of her, because she's always been a good eater, and... So that will keep her at least sitting still while they talk at her. She never, even now, she just turned seven, um, the beginning of March. And even now, she she's just not very talkative over, like, you know, a medium like that. So I wonder how much of it is she doesn't have much to say to them because she doesn't see them in person. And how much of it is just that that's just how she is. Because she's funny. Every once in a while, she'll get on something and talk a lot. But other than that, she's just not a big talker. So... Anyway, back to making masks. I've made a whole bunch of cloth masks. Have a good one. Hey, Spencer, Liren. Thank you so much for putting out an episode. I know that probably sounds silly, but it's nice to have things to listen to when I can snitch some time. I had a tiny window of time here, and yours was at the top of the list, so that's what I listened to. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Um, you know, it's funny, I didn't have my granddaughter and her sister this week, and it's been weird. So, I am planning to put an episode out soon to talk about some of that. We'll see if I manage it today. <laughs> I've been so busy making cloth masks, I'm sitting here pinning fabric and listening. So, anyway, take care. Wonderful to hear from you. Thank you, Liren, for a couple of lovely messages there. That's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. And uh, yeah, kids in conference calls. Whenever I, I try Skyping with my parents and I'm trying to get her involved, I mean, she is a talker. I can tell you, she doesn't stop. But put her in front of a screen or on the phone even, and she just clams up. I mean, I'll, I'll hand her the phone to talk to my parents and 
they're asking her questions and she's holding the phone and nodding her head. <laughs> you have to speak. They can't see you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just strange. She doesn't have any problem talking at any other time. But, uh, yeah, even with Skype, she'll just sit and smile and then become distracted by something else. And, uh, yeah, so great to hear that you're... Uh, you're making masks. That's that's fantastic, man. Oh, we are gonna need them because, uh, well, this thing doesn't seem to show any signs of letting up anytime soon. But keep on keeping on. I don't know as regards to output. Um, I think not really having a schedule is kind of working for me. Just putting one out as and when certainly seems to make sense. In the current climate. But again, thank you very much for those calls. And um, speak soon. Hey Spencer, man. I just wanted to say, enjoyed your most recent episode. It's a bit of a cliche saying that, I know. But I feel that currently I, I can sympathise with you. It, it is somehow more difficult to just record stuff. don't know what it is, I think. Maybe we, we, we've got our heads in the wrong place at times and uh, it's encouraging that every now and then there's, there's still a flash of enthusiasm and, uh, we, you know, we can get an episode out there and it is, like you say, it is great to see new stuff appearing in the feed, man. So, um, yeah, and thanks for the, for the comments on Necromunda. There, there's a wealth of stuff out there. There's quite a lot of fiction. I haven't read that much of it. But um, I'll see if I can find some better sources for you and get back to you, mate. Take care. Catch you later. Thank you, Colin. The legend, Colin Spike Pick Green there. And, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I think it is difficult getting in the right mindset, just being thrown off your routine. There's a lot of sort of readjusting going on with the way we're living our lives and... Obviously, that's having an impact on podcasting and, you know, the fact that we're probably maybe struggling a little bit more to get in the right state of mind. I've got to say, I don't think I could appreciate uh, playing RPGs any more than I do now because it's so nice to just forget about everything and uh, lose yourself in a game like that really is a godsend and thanks for looking into the old necromunda stuff for us i don't know that i would begin reading the fiction i guess i was more sort of looking for some kind of setting book that would give me the the flavor uh but yeah thank you very much for your call colin So, last night, Friday, April the 10th, I believe I got my first true taste of the OSR. Now, let me explain. I've been playing the Black Hack for quite a while, and although it seeks to emulate the old school style of play, the whole thing's roll under. You've got advantage, usage dice, 
lots of modern stuff going on. But Friday night, Dave Aldridge of Deeper Centile ran a game based on swords and wizardry, Continual Light. Essentially a hack of a hack. But I still think, well, it's certainly as close to old school as I've got. Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with swords and wizardry, and I, I say that assuming that anybody listening to this almost certainly would be, it's a version of original 1974 D&D. Arguably, Swords and Wizardry is already quite streamlined, but Swords and Wizardry Light reduces everything to two sides of a sheet of paper. And from what I understand, I think it allows you to play up to third level, and Swords and Wizardry Continual Light expands on those rules, allowing you to play up to 7th level. I mean, the rule book comes in at just under 30 pages, I think. And Dave has adapted those rules for the Dark Sun setting and condensed them down to about 9 pages. Very nicely done. Now, Dark Sun is a post-apocalyptic fantasy setting where essentially the use of magic has destroyed the earth. You're dealing with a, a scorched landscape. Water is a premium. Metal is very hard to come by. Flora seems to be a, a mix of cactus and carnivorous plants. And the fauna is essentially lizards and insects. And when I say insects, I mean you can ride around on these things. All the fantasy races are present, but they're all tweaked slightly. They've all been warped to some degree or another. I rolled up a character, an elf. Now, elves in this setting are quite tribal, viewed by non-elves as being savage to a certain degree, almost uh, as if they're a couple of steps away from being orcs. Obviously, the elves don't view themselves like that, but they are quite tribal and um, view elves from other tribes with as much suspicion as they would view the other races. And I created this character, Shadrach, an elf, psionicist, seven foot plus, long dreadlocks, indigo skin, and... Uh, his psionic abilities essentially meant that he could be Nightcrawler or Quicksilver once a day, which I thought was incredibly cool. I was really, really excited to play this character. I'd kind of uh, had him down as quite an unapproachable individual, somebody who uh, viewed almost everyone with suspicion and uh, would be very difficult for you to gain his trust. Unfortunately, I never got to explore any of that because in our first creature encounter, I whiffed twice, was attacked twice, and uh, yeah, very unceremoniously 
killed <laughs> in the second round of combat. So, um, uh, yeah, that happened. I was quite shocked because I had these cool weapons, I had these cool abilities, and I never really got to use any of it. But it was a fun session and an important lesson in unforgiving OSR play. It certainly has not put me off playing. I've uh, instantly rolled up another character, ready for the next session. And um, hopefully this one's a little more robust. But uh, I, I've, I've uh, I tried to put a little less effort into filling out that character and let the adventuring do that for me. But yeah, it was an interesting experience. And I think, um, you know, several of the players were shocked at how easily I was dispatched by a giant hornet, essentially. And um, I hope it taught them a thing or two. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first time I think I've really, um, really experienced that in a game. But I'm going to come back fighting. I know the party now needs a navigator, as that was Shadrach's role. So I've rolled up a big old stoic half-giant who uh, hopefully they'll run into in the next session. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your calls. If you want to leave a message, please click the anchor link in the description. Or if you prefer to contact me by email, there's a link there to spencer.freethrawl at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram as Freethrawl. There's a Keep Off The Borderlands Facebook page. Also in that episode description, you'll find a link to TGH Drennan's Patreon that provides all the wonderful music. Uh, it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.